Welcome to the MLT Podcast, The Real on Real Estate. I'm Melvin Taylor, your host and founder of MLT Leadership. It is a pleasure being with you this afternoon, and I look forward to our topic of discussion, which will be on financial management, which will include planning and preparing to purchase a home. The objective of today's topic is to provide you with information that will help you to determine an affordable monthly mortgage payment with sufficient funds for other reasonable monthly payments and living expenses. It is very important that you purchase a property that you will be happy with, one that you can afford. You want to be able to continue to live a comfortable lifestyle and not be boggled down with, you know, you know, do I have enough of uh, making the, all of the monthly payments that I need to make? Uh, do I have enough to go to the movies or to the store? So you don't want to just be house rich and, 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 and bank poor, you know. So, you know, you want to be comfortable. And so that's the purpose of our uh, discussion for today. Owning a house should not be a burden that requires you to reduce your standard of living. Wouldn't you agree? Now, I just want to break down just a few things that that we're, we'll talk about throughout our time together. But a mortgage includes, you know, these following components. We call uh, the total monthly mortgage in the banking industry, we call it PITI, P-I-T-I, which actually is an acronym for Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. The principal is the mortgage debt. Actually, it's the payment of the money that you borrow from the bank, you know, that you will actually submit. It's called the principal mortgage, the main thing. It's the main thing. You borrowed that money. The, the entrance is the portion that the bank will make off of the money that they've loaned to you. So that will be taken out. And you'll see these things itemized when you get a mortgage. They'll be itemized in such. And then your taxes is the monthly property taxes that you pay to your local municipality uh, at closing. These uh, taxes or prepaid annuals will be taken out in advance and held in an escrow account so that you don't have to worry about paying your taxes or your insurance. The bank will pay it. So when you make your mortgage payment, you know, you, it will include your principal, the entrance, which the principal goes to the bank. The interest is the bank's, you know, how the bank makes money off of the money they loan to you. Uh, your taxes, what goes to the municipality, the bank will make sure that they are paid. And your insurance, which is your monthly premium paid on the property that you've owned in the event that something goes wrong with your property, God forbid, you know, you get some water that backed up from the sewer from the street and it comes into your house, you're able to make that claim through your property insurance and have that work done uh, less your deductible, whatever that may be. However, those things are included in the mortgage payment. The bank will make sure that each one of these entities would get their proper allowance. You won't have to worry about sending those payments off, right? Note, though, that the PMI, as I mentioned before, the PMI which is property mortgage insurance, is not required by NACA. You know, and property mortgage insurance really protects the bank and it really doesn't protect you. However, you make the payment, but you don't have to worry about that. But I just wanted to mention that to you uh, because I mentioned it in podcasts that we spoke about a, f a few um, weeks ago. Now, your affordable monthly payment is determined by your rent plus 
regular saving patterns supported by your income and it is limited by the housing and debt ratios and these things will be done through the mortgage counselor or underwriter whoever takes your information this is what determines your affordability for the property that you desire now here's the thing with developing a budget it is critical it is a critical factor in determining your affordable monthly payments now a lot of people don't like you know making budgets you know you know we think that we could we, we know our bills because they come in and they come in in separate envelopes on on the, you know and 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 the bill is there and long as I keep those bills together I know what I need to do however you know we need to know what we're doing not only with bill money but with all of our money, especially when it comes to, you know, wanting to purchase a property, you know, or a home that you desire to live in or a home that you desire to live in. And, and part of it, you may want to rent out to other people because you may buy a multiple family unit. But the bottom line is that, you know, you need to develop a budget so that you can determine whether you can afford this property, not just for the moment you know, of now, you know, when you go to the bank to, to, to make your application to get the property, you want to be able to afford it throughout the mortgage process. If you have a 15 or 30 year mortgage, you want to at least have an idea that I can maintain this property because I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. And guess what? I'm not just house rich. I'm able to enjoy life at the same time. You've heard it said before, without a plan, we plan to fail. <laughs> Isn't that true? And so it is imperative that we understand the importance of planning. And planning is based on having a clear vision of what you want, you know. And without, you know, planning, you don't know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, then that means you don't have any goals. And if you don't have any goals, you have nothing to measure how you're doing. And so if you can't measure how you're doing, how can you decide to buy a house when you're not sure that you are able to buy it? Now, you can have six figures, you know, and just because you have six figures doesn't make you a good management over the money that you have. You know, a lot of times, you know, we can get a lot of money and we see things we want to do. We figure as long as our basic bills are paid, then I can do what I want to do. And so we get into bad spending habits that can affect us, you know, down the road and so this is why developing a budget is so important at this particular point you know and 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 even though it's for purchasing a property but guess what I guarantee you if you haven't done a budget and you start doing one now just to try to get this home you'll never go back any other way you'll continue to have a budget for your for the rest of your life because you will realize how important it is to have a plan plan is your roadmap to your vision or to your future, right? Your vision right now that we're talking about is purchasing a home and developing a budget will show you what you've been doing with your money and it will show you what you need to do in order to accomplish your visions and your goals. Wouldn't you agree, right? So now the budget that I'm going to talk about today uh, it's divided into three parts, right? And, you know, you have to get a visual concept of what I'm talking about. And at the end of the podcast, I'll tell you where you can go and get uh, a copy of this information that I'm sharing so that you can actually physically do the budget yourself. Because I really want you to do it. 
I don't want you to just hear me talk about it. I want you to do the budget, try the budget. You know, yes, it's going to take time. So set aside some time to develop your budget. I guarantee it's going to help you in the long run, right? So the budget is divided into three parts, right? And number one, it identifies income and debt for each member who will live in the future house that you plan to purchase, you know, those who are 21 years and over, older. So in other words, if, you know, my wife and I and, our, and, our, and we have a, well, all of my children are over 21, but let's say if one of my children was 22 years old and they were living with me, then I need to uh, identify everyone's income that's over 21. But if it's just me and my wife, then it's just me and my wife. If it's just you alone, then it's just you alone. Whoever's in the household or whoever plans to live in the household that you will, of the house that you will purchase, right? So number two, uh, the, the budget will include household expenses incurred in the current home, which should reflect ongoing expenses. So we've got Number one, we're identifying the income for the future home, right, and the debt. Number two, we are going to use the current expenses of the household so that we can, you know, reflect on, you know, the expenses that we're paying so we know what we have, right? And then the third thing would be daily expenses that are likely to occur on a weekly basis. But we're only going to do it just for one week, right? And one week will give us a good idea how we spend our money daily. Right. So you want money to work for you and you not necessarily work for money. And that's the power of having a budget. <laughs> that was a tip right there. Right. You want your money to work for you in order for your money to work for you. You've got to know what you have coming in, know what you have going out. And then what you do daily gives your money an assignment. And when your money has an assignment, it will fulfill the things that you have envisioned or the things that you desire. And so if you desire to purchase a home, then what you do daily is going to matter, right? So now, the budget will have three columns using different scenarios for the same income and expenses, you know, that, that are itemized here, right? But I only want to focus on two of these columns, right, uh, right now, and that's the actual column and the goal column. The actual columns are actual amounts of your current situation using your bank uh, information, your credit card debt, and other statements that you may have, you know, for other debts that you may have, right? The goal column will estimate, are estimates for when you uh, uh, live in your future home. So in other words, here's the vision, right? So the actual is what we have right now. The goal is what I want to have when I get into my new home so I'll know what to do, what I have to do, and so forth, right? So developing, completing a budget will help you and your mortgage counselor or your underwriter to develop a plan to purchase a home you can afford, right? So when I speak about uh, um, affordability, you know, I don't mean a cheap home. I mean a house that you can afford, right? One that you can make the payments with, even in a worst-case situation. You say, well, man, how do you know that I'm going to have my job three, four years from now? I mean, look at what's happened, you know, in 2020 during COVID. A lot of folks lost their job and so forth, and that is true, right? But again, having a budget and as we go through these items that I'm going to discuss in the next few minutes, the components that's in the, of the budget, you will see 
how you can prepare yourself to have a savings pattern and a plan for future events. In other words, you know, it's like having your own escrow account where you put money in the account that you won't touch. And then there's another account that you have where you put money in that you use for your bills, right? And you may even want to either divide that account up or maybe get another account that will just be for your living expenses, your spending pleasures. But you'll never know what your spending pleasures are if we don't develop this budget, right? So let's look at the budget. That What, what are the, some of the components of a budget or that should be included in a budget, right? All right, we have number one would we'll go there would be, you know, of course, I always like to date everything that I do, right? And so I put the date on mines that I started so that it would be, you know, today's date and the year, you know. I would also put on there the number of people that I that's going with me in this new house, right? If it's just me and my wife or my children, whoever they may be, you know, whether they have a job or not, whether they're over 21 years of age or not, I just need to know who's going with me, you know. Who's the borrower? Me and my wife or me, myself, I will put that down. I plan to, you know, borrow this money from the bank, right? And so now these are the items or the components that are included in the household. So I need to understand my gross income. That's the first thing I need to identify. What is my gross income? What is my wife or husband's gross income? And I write that down, right? Then I need to know what is the net income, net income, right? And so we know the net income is minus what we actually make because, you know, the gross income is pre-tax, before tax, right? And then the net income is what we actually bring home, right? So I need to know what I bring home, whether I have one or two jobs, you know, what my mate is bringing home, whether she has one or two jobs, you know, and we document those things, right? And if there's any other income where some of us may have part-time jobs or uh, we may do things on the side to make other money, it's called other income, whether it be child support, SSI, um, disability, or it could be some other type of thing, some pension or, you know, or the uh, income of members of, of the household that's 21 years old. You want to list all of the incomes of all of the jobs down. And then what you want to do is get a total of the net income, right? So I want a total of the net income, right? Then I go down to the areas of debt. So I want to list my liabilities, you know, the liabilities are things that I have to pay on a monthly basis. And here's a liability, which is uh, a car loan. You know, I might have one or two cars. I will document the, um, the monthly payment for the um, car loans, right? And I will also document the balance that I owe on the car loans. Now, these are all done in the actual account, right? So I'm writing these down in the actual account. If I got credit card debts, I'm writing it down on the actual column, I meant to say. Uh, if I got more than one, two, three, however many credit cards I have, I write down all of them, monthly payments that I make, and the balances to each card. Same thing with student loans, same thing with personal loans. Any type of loan that I have or any type of debt that I have, I want to document under liability, right, in the actual column, how much I'm paying, how much I owe, right? And then I want to total up all of these 
payments that I've made, these installments, you know, and I get a total for that, right? Now, I'm not doing anything with these totals right now, but I'm writing total, net income, total, you know, uh, debt payment or installment payments for, you know, my liabilities. I'm documenting those two things after I itemize them, right? And they're all done in the actual column, right? Then I come down to where it says household expense. Now, my household expense, I don't own a house so if at this present time. Well, I own a house, but I'm just saying, you know, speaking in the terms of, you know, you that's listening, you know, is that I rent property, right? So my rent, how much is my rent? I write that down in the actual column, right? And then, now, well, all right, I'm going to say this here anyways, just to kind of like get ahead of myself for the gold column. Now, where it says rent, then I want to put what I want to pay for the mortgage, but let's not do that yet, okay? So let's stay focused, you know? All right, so now I got, um, you know, so I got my rent down, and I got uh, utilities, my mobile phone. If I have a landline in my home, that's my house phone, right? Internet service, you know, uh, internet service, which includes the cable, right? And, you know, uh whatever I watch on television, you know, well, that is the cable, right? And so any other, you know, how we have all of these other little programs, whatever it is that I'm paying, you know, I know like in my house, we have, uh, I'm telling you, we got um, all the other little programs that bring in all of the, the shows that don't come on regular TV or don't come on cable. And, and so, you know, we want Netflix and so forth, you know, BET Plus and all of those other ones, Hulu and all of those other little sidebar apps that we add to our cable bill, right? You want to put your electric bill, your water bill, you know, your gas bill, you know, your other utilities that you may have. Basically, those are basically most of them. Then you want to add a total to your utility bills, right? And all of that's done in the actual line. Put the total there under actual right then now you want to go into food and beverages right so that includes groceries you know other foods that you want to purchase you know whether it's dining out food or or whatever right you want to add that you know like once a week you get a pizza you know how much does that pizza cost? Nowadays, pizza are very, is very expensive, you know. So you get that pizza once a week, and it may cost $30 for a, a, a whole pie. You know, that's $120 a month. You want to document that in the, in the actual line, right? So all of that's documented up under food and beverage. You know, you're, you're eating out as well as your groceries and, your, and, 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 and things like that, right? Now, we come into the transportation. Where is, which includes your, you know, this this one is, it's a lot. I mean, it's the gas because we know gas is very high right now. But you know, how much do I spend for gas a week, and then times it times four, and then put that in the actual line. Your car insurance, you know, if you take public transportation, you don't have a vehicle. You put how much you spend on public transportation in a month, right? If you have a car, you know, you know, and you may have to just only give the estimates only, but how much does it cost to maintenance that car on a monthly basis? So let's just say I do three to four oil changes, well, no, that's too many, two oil changes a year, maybe one tire rotation, 
um, maybe something else happens, so maybe I spend a total of $4,000 in a year on car maintenance divided by 12. Put that in there, but keep the total alive, right? Um, car car um, taxes, I mean, if you pay car taxes annual, you know, whatever that may be, uh, other transportation expenses, if you fly or go on trips two or three times a year, or however, free, however regularly you go out of town, you want to document the cost for that, you know, whether you take a bus, train, or plane, right? Now you also have child care expenses, and, you know, we can go down the list there where, you know, I'm just giving you the various types of expenses that will fall up under that, whether it's after-school programs, daycare centers, you know, your child's lessons, whether they take special classes, martial arts, tennis, boxing, whatever it may be, all of that's listed there. You give your children an allowance, you put that down, you know. You got other child care things that's going on. They're in the dance club or whatever it is. They need uniforms. You put that down, right? Then you total up the total child care, right? Now you got education. And this may not apply to everyone, but still it needs to be, you know, you know, looked at, right? You know, far as um, um, tuition, you know, the cost for books, you know, you might have students, uh, um, sorry, you might have children in college, or you might even be in school, right, or your, or your kids may go to a private school, you know, what's the cost of the books, what's the cost of the book supplies, what's the cost for the tuition, write those things down, give a total education, right, clothing, this, this now is an expensive item, because, you know, I know I like, I like the, Put on nice clothes and so and this is where I usually always have to tighten my budget up at right you know new clothing uniforms and my wife would tell you <laughs> here's a funny thing I get an outfit depending on the type of event I'm in so you know when we were taking tennis lessons you know I'm in the store I'm at, I'm at Dick Sporting Good I'm finding you know the tennis gear to wear you know because I want to be relevant with what I'm doing the same thing when it comes to golfing you know my daughter and my children, well, they got together and bought me some golf clubs. Um, I forgot what holiday it was for. It might have been for my birthday, but they bought me some golf clubs, and so I got into golfing. Now I'm out, you know, getting new clubs, getting the gear, getting the caps, the polo shirts, the gloves, and so forth. I mean, everything that I do, it's got to it's got to match. The clothing got to match with what I do. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a speaker, so if I need to have suits, I go and purchase the suits. And so those things are included under my clothing and appearance, right? Shoes, you know, the types of clothing, you know, my, my hair, now my hair care is easy than most of yours, you know. <laughs> you know, my hair care is really easy, you know, because I use a razor blade because there's no hair there. <laughs> so I do my own hair, but you want to put that down. Now, women that do get their nails done, pedicure, manicure, some of the brothers get them done too. But, you know, listen, this, is, this needs to be documented because it is an expense that affects your household, right? And so you want to make sure nothing catches you by surprise. And so you just want to just put down everything that you possibly can so that you know what you're working with. Right. Because creating a budget is is a critical factor in determining if you can make or have an affordable mortgage payment. 
because that's what you want to be able to afford the mortgage. So you want to document these things. You know, here's another column, medical expenses, right? You know, about medical insurance, you know, the copay for the doctors, the dentist, you know, um, medication if you're taking it, you know, how much does that cost a month, you know? Uh, if you're getting disability insurance, you know, or other life insurance that you pay for, or other medical services that you're paying for, document that, put it under the actual, and give a total to it, right? Then you have other expenses, you know, such as you're, you, you go to church, so you give your tithes, you know, not your tithes, your tithe. 10% of your income, right? Or you may just give an offering. Whatever it is, what's that, what, what is what do I give when I go to church, you know? Uh, any subscriptions that you get, you know, whether it's music apps or Spotify and all of these different things, some of them I named before, document them. Other charitable donations, you know, document them. You go to a gym, what's the monthly fee on the gym? $29, $30, depending on where you go, Um Right. Sporting events. You know, I know we're Buffalo Bills fans here in Western New York. So, you know, and some of you have season tickets and then you spend money while you're there. So you got that plus, you know, entertainment, you know, concerts, events, bowling clubs and so forth. You know, just throwing out some ideas. But these things you want to document vacations that you take. How many do you take a year? How much does it cost on an average? You know, well, I don't want to do an average, you know. You'll know once you start thinking, I mean, I go with a certain amount of money when I take trips, and in my mind I say, well, this is the budget for that trip, and sometimes I might go over that budget, and when I do go over that budget, I document it on my budget, right? Because I want to know that my, 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 my spending pattern changed a little bit, and I want to see by the end of the year, did it balance out that kept me right in stride with the goals that I have for obtaining the things that I want to acquire, you know, at a future date, right? You know, gifts to the families, you know, birthdays, oh man, you know, birthday, Christmas, and, and other holidays, you know, we give a lot. We buy gifts for our family members, for friends, for loved ones. We give them birthday cards. But, you know, we tuck a little gift in there. You know, add that up and see how much it is you spend it, right? You put that total under other and then you move on, right? And so now you have all of your basic things that you can think that you do on a regular that cause for you to enjoy life the way you're enjoying them, right? So now you want to document your household daily expenses, your total expense, you know, your monthly savings and so forth. And, and then you want to come up with a monthly commitment. See, that's the goal. And how do I determine that? How do I determine that I am able to save anything? Well, here's the thing that we have to do. So be, be, before I go into this monthly uh, savings uh, concept, we dealt with the actual column. Now, some of those columns, you may want to go back. Now, remember I told you the other column was the goal. You know, what in now, if I, let's just, I'm going to go in reverse right now. So, if I go under other, and other is where the tithes and the donations and giving to birthday gifts and so forth, or and all of that was there, right? And so, I have my, my actual total amount there. Now, on the flip side of each one of those items... I see what I actually give, you know, now my goal is what I want to give in the future, right? So if I say, 
Right now, my tithe is $100 a month. Then maybe in the future, my tithes might still remain at 100 or maybe my tithes might increase to 100 It depends on if my job increased, you know, and I make more money. So I write that in the goals section. And I'll find out some things that I may continue to do, and there'll be some things that I will not do. The things that I will not do in the future, I won't put anything at the goal, right? Because the goal is taking me to my home, right? I see what I'm doing right now. Now my goal is to begin to cut some expenses out that are really not necessarily, you know, for me to have or for me to be doing right now, right? So I got to cut back on some things or either cut some things out, right? Now that's how I can determine now what I can actually save, right? You see what I'm saying? And that's the goal that we want to get to. We want to see what can we actually save, right? So the monthly available savings is what is available after calculating the total net income less, or in other words, less means minus, total liabilities, less the rent, and less the household expenses. Now, so that will give me my total, right? And when I'm able to see that it's positive, that means that, you know what, I can save. And this positive should be a reflection in my bank account. If it's not a reflection in my bank account, then that means I got some work to do or I have a goal to achieve. Follow me? <laughs> see, that's the power of a budget because it will show you what you can do and what you cannot do. And everybody, anybody can buy a house as long as you have a job and you've been working for at least 12 months and you filed taxes for the last two years. I don't care how much money you're making. You can own a home if you develop a budget. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not how much you make is what you do with what you make. It's giving your money an assignment. It's telling your money what to do. I don't work for you. You work for me. You say, well, what are you talking about, Mr. Taylor? I don't work for money. How do we get paid? Yes, I get paid for the time that I spend, you know, and my uh, reward is to be compensated for what I do for a living or what I'm doing at this particular time, which will lead me to the thing that I really want to do for a living. But however it is, I'm being compensated for that. So yes, my time equates to the compensation that I have. And just because I work to be compensated doesn't mean that the thing that's compensating me dictates my life or runs my life or tell me how I need to enjoy my life. No, I get to make that decision on how I'm going to enjoy life, and how I'm going to spend my money and where I'm going to put it. So I'm going to tell my money, yes, I desire a lot of things and I work hard for this, that and the third. But you know what? I got something I have to get first, and it's called a home. And so I got to make sure I give my money an assignment and develop a savings plan, even if it's just saving $200 a month, which will equal $1,200 a year. Guess what? That's a plan to arrive, uh, and a goal to have, you know, for accomplishing the things that you want to do. You see what I'm saying? Because without a plan, again, we plan to fail, right? So, you know, that's how we want to determine 
if we have the funds available to save, which will lead, and then, you know, in the gold column, you know, of the on the monthly budget is used to determine the monthly savings commitment. So, again, you know, I'm dealing with the actual, and I'm dealing with what I want to happen. So, if right now I'm saving less, then my future goal should be to save a little bit more or even the same. I should never decrease in my future from what I'm doing right now, but I should always, if I'm not doing anything actually right now, then I need to see what I, and that, that will tell me what I need to do tomorrow, which is my future right now. This is what I need to start doing today, right? And so I need to make sure that I do that, and I need to make a commitment to do that, right? See, commitment means that I am making a binding agreement with myself. That I can't quit on. Because if I quit, then I quit on me. And how many of us know quitters never win? And winners never quit. And you're a winner. And you're a winner because you're developing this plan. And you are going through your uh, financial uh, uh, situation with a fine tooth comb. To see what you can afford to do for your future desires of owning a home. And you're willing to make the commitment and the sacrifice to cut back the things that are not necessary or cut them off so that I can have what I want that will bring enjoyment to me and my family in the long run, right? And even though that's a temporary goal, whether it's next year, this year, uh, or two years from now, it's a goal that you need to achieve. And you will not be able to achieve that without, desire, without a plan, without being prepared, without desire, and without commitment. Hmm. Right? So, and you need to make the commitment to save. But you have to first start to plan by seeing what can I save? How much can I save? Then set the goal and don't break it. Stay focused. That's the key. Right? So now, when you identify the money that you can save, you determine that I can save this money, what you need to do is something I mentioned at the beginning of our podcast, and that is to deposit these funds into a separate account called a savings account, right? Right? And you want to put it in that savings account, and you do not want to take any money out of it. You don't want the balance of that account to be reduced in no way whatsoever, right? Because you want your savings to increase because it's for a future day, it's for a future thing, and even if you don't have to use all of it, you know, that's fine. But you want to put it away, right? Right? You want to not decrease it, you want to increase your savings, right? You don't want your savings, watch this, this is what some people do. They have a checking account, and they have a savings account. And the checking account, as I mentioned earlier, should be used for paying my bills, right? Or my other living expenses that I do, whether I go on a vacation, I write, you know, I do the things that I do, I, you know, whatever it is that we do, it goes into my checking account. My savings account is just what it's supposed to be, savings, right? But a lot of times, what we do sometimes is that when the checking account gets low, we'll take some money out of the savings account and put it into our checking account with the intent of paying the savings account back when I get paid next week or the week after. 
I want to encourage you, don't do that. Because when your checking account goes low, it's an indication of one or two things. That either you have exhausted your spending limit, and the other thing is that then that means you do not need to spend money on what it is that you are doing. You should not reduce your savings account just to fill your checking account. That's the power of managing your budget. Right? It's about increasing your resources, not decreasing. You should not withdraw any funds from your household savings account, and especially during the home buying process, except for purchasing, you know, the home, right? Which is to take care of your escrow accounts, which is your prepaids or, or your home inspections um, or whatever go other goals you have for the home, right? So your savings should be used for the thing that you have in mind, right? Your goals. Your goal is to buy a house, save to buy your house, use your checking account to take care of your other business, right? Now, as you go further down the road, if you wanted to get a little deeper into, you know, savings and, and planning with your money, then you'll set up an emergency fund. An emergency fund, once you get into your house, you know, that's having at least three to six months of whatever your monthly expenses are saved in another account. An account most likely that will make some type of money for you, which would be a little different than a checking account. But we don't want to talk about that right now. We can talk about that at another time. The main thing I want you to get ready to do is to save money for your home and beyond. And you will, the only way that you're going to be able to do it effectively is to start now by developing a budget. So once again, as I prepare to conclude, creating a budget is a critical factor in determining your mortgage affordability, right? Now, if you want any type of information on what it is that I share with you today about budgeting, you know, you can obtain these documents uh, by going to NACA.com, that's N-A-C-A.com, and then you go and download what is called the Qualification Booklet or Qualification Workbook, and to get, and you can, and once you download it, to go to pages 15 through 19, and it will give you some of the things that I talked about. As a matter of fact, it will give you a little bit more information of what I'm talking about. And you will also get a copy of those forms that I mentioned. And they will show you what to do. Right? I want to encourage you to start filling them out. You know, before you even go to the Home Buyers Workshop. If you hadn't gone yet. But definitely do it before you meet with your intake counselor who is going to get you ready to make that application to get your house because all of these things are critical. That should be one of the items that's among those things that are required to get that first intake appointment so that you can proceed with purchasing your home. Make sense? Now, I know I said a lot there and I, and I hope that you caught the visual that I was giving you. Um, however, you can always go back and rewind this tape and listen to it again, you know, if it's something that you missed. And then, uh, as I mentioned, you can go to that website. But at the same time, if you have any questions concerning, you know, you know, 
you know, how to develop a budget, you know, or the NACA program, you can always email me. And my email address is melvin.taylor at n-a-c-a-r-e-d dot com. I'll repeat it. It's melvin.taylor at n-a-c-a dot com. And you can just shoot me uh, uh, any questions that you have. Not shoot me, but send any questions that you have. Or you can just actually ask if I have time to speak with you and we can set up a time where we can talk. It won't cost you anything but your time, right? Also, if you are desiring to attend a, a workshop, a homebuyer's workshop, um, you can again go to that same website, NACA.com, to register. Just on the homepage, just scroll down to where it says Homebuyer's Workshop. Click the tab that says Register. Some basic, basic information will be requested of you, and you will get email confirmation uh, that you are registered. The next Homebuyer's Workshop is this coming Saturday, uh, which is July 23rd at 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's a four-hour workshop that's required. That's the first step, you know, in the home buying process through NACA. And that workshop will be in Rochester, New York at 614 Clinton Avenue, Rochester, New York. Uh, it's only a 50-minute to an hour and five-minute drive, depending on where you live at in Buffalo. I will be at that home buyers workshop presenting the real estate portion of that uh, but the uh, mortgage counselor at least one of them will be there to explain the entire NACA process from start to finish which means that they will take it deeper than what I've told you in the last two now three podcasts right also I want to say you can listen to the MLT leadership podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, and all the other social media platforms. Uh, just look for the Waffle Power podcast and scroll down through the lineup to find us there. You'll find all of the podcast episodes that I've taught so far, and, um, and you can also check out others that are there, right? All right, and more information. If you uh, want to get more information about the services offered through MLT Leadership, then you can visit my website at mltleadership.com and just take a look at our website. Again, you have an opportunity where you can send an email or request you know, some consultation or whatever it is that you need. I'm there to help you, you know, as your friend and realtor and a person who want to see you succeed in life and purchase a home. I want to see you get a home, not just to increase my salary, but to make a difference in the city of Buffalo. All right. So with all that said, I want to thank you for listening to the MLT Leadership Podcast, The Real on Real Estate with your host, Melvin Taylor. I look forward to hearing you soon. I will be on again next Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. Same place, same time. All right. You have a great day now, and we'll talk soon.